Hey, what's up? How about this, listeners? It's Mike Stow back here with another episode of How About This. And on today's episode, we have an amazing topic. We are discussing the legendary arcade and video game franchise, Donkey Kong. Now, this episode does skew a little bit more 90s heavy because we are kids of the 90s. So we spend a lot of our time talking about Donkey Kong Country specifically, but this does celebrate Donkey Kong's entire lineage from 1981 to now. Yes, 40 years of Donkey Kong. And we have an amazing guest on today's episode. He's the co-host of the Now and Then podcast, Mr. Evan Donnellan, who comes in and gives us an amazing pitch on where he wants the Donkey Kong franchise to go from here. He's a Donkey Kong super fan and has some great takes on the series, and he's a giant fan of Donkey Kong Country 3, which I respect to the bottom of my heart. So, without further ado, but hold on a second. Wait a minute. We have to pause for a second here. It just seems... Hold on, hold on. I'm getting a transmission from something. Just please hold. Ooh, all right, all you how about this listeners out there. We're going to talk about the Summer of Slam. That's right. Coming to you this summer from Memorial Day to Labor Day. We're going to hit the mat. We're going to do the suplexes. We're going to jump off the top turnbuckle. We're going to drive elbows into faces because we're going to talk about competition, fighting, Wrestling and Mario Party. What? Mario Party? I thought this was about slamming. Well, Mario Party could get pretty intense. So, if you're a How About This fan and you're ready for the summer and you're ready to go to the mat with everything you got, well, then you better listen to every single episode of the Summer of Slam. That's right, brothers. Get ready to slam. Oh, and we're back. Yeah, so I guess, uh,. Yeah, pay attention to the uh, Summer Slam that's coming your way very soon. In late May or early June, we're going to start up those episodes, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I don't know if we're actually going to go to the mat, but uh, we're definitely going to have a blast talking about some of these topics, so please keep your ears open and your podcast streams ready for the Summer of Slam. And now, with hopefully no more interruptions, here is How About This as we talk about Donkey Kong. Hey, what's up? How about this, listeners? And we are back with a new episode of, well, I mean, I already said the title of the show, so we're back with another episode of How About This. Today, we have a topic that continues to trend for us. We hope you're really going to go ape over this one, because I think oh, this no. one is just is just bananas. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before I go ahead and get into what we're talking about today, I would very much like to introduce the big banana. <laughs> The king of Kong, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Oh, thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Mike, who is the, uh, you know, I had, I had such similar epithets. I don't think I want to <laughs> announce mine now. I was going to say the Baron of Bananas, uh, the king of Kong Island. That doesn't work now. None of that works. Throw it all, all right, we're going to cancel that. We'll never we'll never make mention of our Donkey Kong puns. Oh, then I gave away the name of the show. We're not going to mention our puns ever again on this show, but how's it going, man? Are you excited to, to jump into what we're talking about today? Absolutely. I'm very excited. I'm excited for our guest. I am very excited for our guest. We have a very talented actor, director, writer, connoisseur of all sorts of media, especially with an emphasis on giant angry gorillas and horror movies, co-host of the Now and Then podcast, which you should check out on your podcatchers, Mr. Evan Donnellan. Evan, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been prepping for this extensively. Can I be known as like Baron K. Rulenstein? Can that be my, yes. my yes. name? Yes, you could be Baron K. Rulenstein. Absolutely. Because there's like three people that like Donkey Kong Country 3. 
And I'm one of them. And you're definitely one of them. <laughs> can I say, can I say, before we even get into that, while I'm not the biggest DKC3 fan, that is my favorite iteration of King K. Rule is K. Rulenstein. I think it's hysterical. It's, it's like, it's, it's so funny. It's, oh, it's yeah. so funny. It's it's a great it's a great that he's he's become like a mad scientist. It's always so interesting how the Kremlings themselves have like the technology they have, yes. uh, despite being anthropomorphic crocodiles from the lost world. So it's very interesting to to see how how technically advanced they are, and we see a lot more of that with K. Rule and even Smash Brothers now, as he has like propeller backpacks and all this stuff and does all this crazy stuff. But we had Evan on. Evan has been on the short list of guests since uh, before day one. When Jordan and I were first bringing this together, we're like, we need to get Evan on, and we need to get him on for something really good. When we talked, I was like, Evan, what do you what would you like to talk about? And this is one of the things he threw out there, and I was just like, yeah, we got to do it. So today we're talking about Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong, which, which is fucking incredible to me because of all the things that Evan can talk about. I can't believe we arrived at Donkey Kong, which I, I knew Evan liked Donkey Kong, but like, that's not what I would have thought Evan would say first. I thought Evan would be like, oh, I'm going to pitch the new Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to do a, a redo of Jason. I'm going to do Leprechaun, but make it good. I'm going <laughs> to take some kind of classic film and like figure out how to do a remake of this fucking Donkey Kong. All right, cool. Well, you know, I was, it surprised me too, um, especially to have me on to talk about video games, which, you know, is a subject that I feel like I don't have nearly as much knowledge as either of you do. And I am also like a, a notorious pain in the ass when it comes to video games. Like most people, my opinions on video games are terrible. I fully admit that. But I love the Donkey Kong games to death, have since forever. Uh, I just got a Switch. I played through the original trilogy. I've played through all of them multiple times since getting a Switch two months ago. <laughs> and I can safely say that I think Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, is my favorite video game of all time. Wow. How can that, how can that be? How, can, I, how is that a thing? It's the gyrocopter, man. It's the, there's just so much, there's so much, it is playing them again, you know, and, and I know that you, both of you favor Diddy's Conquest, right? You both yes, favor. Yes, we both like DKC2 the best, yeah. And I love DKC2. They are neck and neck. But in doing this replay, I have firmly decided my stance is that DKC2 why? is better. Why? Yeah, why, why is, is that? that? How? Why? why? Okay, because I think <laughs> they all, it comes down to one very simple thing. I think that both games are great in terms of level design and and world design and innovation with the different levels. I love Dixie. I think she is the most fun character to play. Yeah, sure. Her hair spin is just unparalleled. And the thing that I think gives it the slightest edge over DKC2 is that in DKC2, there's nothing that Diddy can do that she can't do. You may as well not play as him because she can do everything he can do and, and better. And in DKC3, which he's not in, you have Kitty, and Kitty is his own character with his own abilities and his own strengths and weaknesses. And I think I, I like that balance a little yeah, bit. That gives it the slight edge. He does operate a little bit more like Donkey Kong because he's a heavy character and he can do like heavy character stuff. And, and the game, the game like designs levels around his abilities. Like you mm -hmm. have to smash things that only he can smash. He can, he can, he's really the only one who can, you know, throw Dixie to greater heights. So yeah, he's a fun character and he's a goofy little baby. Yeah. He's hysterical. Whenever he idles, he just chews on his footy pajamas. <laughs> it's hilarious. Jordan is growing ever more disgusted with every word that we You're say. Not, I take it you are not a kitty stan. Jordan only likes one no. Nintendo-based baby character, and that is maybe, maybe, Baby Mario. Oh, uh, and he's the fucking worst part of that game, too. Exactly. So... 
This is, that was made during a time where Nintendo seemingly was making like games where you have to kind of escort a baby. My whole point of view with that was that I gather a lot of the guys at Nintendo at this point had become like dads. So they were probably like, oh, I guess we got to start making games where you're taking care of a baby because that's what they were doing in their lives. Because it was the mid 90s and Nintendo really came into prominence as a game developer in the early early to mid 80s and their first real, real mega hit. Now there have were Nintendo games before 1981. Definitely, there's a bunch, uh, and you can look at it online. Actually, I highly suggest anyone who's into Nintendo, definitely check out the website, NintendoBeforeMario.com, or it's Nintendo Before Mario. It's all the stuff they did before Mario. Nintendo's been around since the 1800s, like the 1850s or whatever, and and it's it, they have a long history of all sorts of stuff. But they got into video games in, in the 70s and 80s. The first real mega hit is Donkey Kong, which has become a legendary arcade game uh, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto, who obviously has is like the godfather or grandfather of video gaming in general, especially Japanese video gaming. The creation of characters like Donkey Kong and Mario, both his. He also created, you know, Link and Zelda and all that stuff. So he's had a pretty good track record at creating these characters. And Donkey Kong in the arcade is a really simple game. It's a game about you climbing up a scaffolding to save Jumpman, or eventually they changed his name to Mario, save his girlfriend from Donkey Kong. And that's pretty much it. Donkey Kong was his pet gorilla who broke out, took his girlfriend, climbed up a building, and Mario has to climb up the building to save her. And Donkey Kong's a wonderful arcade game. I still think it holds up. It's one of those games that has a real nice history behind it. Obviously, we've seen through documentaries like The King of Kong, continuations of the game. Uh, You can get Donkey Kong in a lot of places now. It's a really great, and most people have played it. Even if you're not really a big video gamer or don't know video games that well, most people have experienced or at least know of the character Donkey Kong or the game Donkey Kong. And it's become like, it's a part of our pop culture now. He even made a uh, an appearance in the movie Pixels starring Adam Sandler, I think. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, that's right. It's not our Donkey Kong though. It's like the original Donkey Kong. Right. So yeah. I think you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find a person who does not know who Donkey Kong is. Exactly. And uh, my question to you guys to start off is, you know, what's your experience? Like when did you really first embrace, as I would like to call the donk? Evan, why don't you go? Yeah, sure. I mean, it... I first embraced the donk when the original <laughs> the original uh, Donkey Kong Country game came out for the Super Nintendo, which, what was that, 90, was that 93? Or was oh, that yeah. 94? Man, they turned those games out quick. Year after year after uh, year. Yeah. And of course, I had no idea at the time, I had never heard of the original Donkey Kong arcade game. You know, Donkey Kong Country was a brand new game as, as far as I was concerned. I played that game like crazy. And I remember, I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but the Super Nintendo was like, that was when I was most into video games in my life, probably. And when that game came out, it felt like Avatar hitting the movie theaters. It felt like this is a complete sort of sea change in terms of like graphics and, and technology. It felt like a major step forward. And it was, yeah, it really was something special to look at in those days. And Rare really brought it when it came to graphics. I mean, those those sprites still look really good. They do. And I remember, like, I don't know if either of you had this, but I remember, I think Nintendo released, like, you could play two levels. Like, they released a cartridge that just had two levels from the game. I think I got it through Nintendo Power, that old magazine. I was a Nintendo Power subscriber. And so before the game came out, I had already played like those two levels obsessively. Couldn't wait for the game to come out. And when the game came out, it was just, you know, I just went insane with it. I, I loved it. I played DKC2, loved it. Played DKC3, loved it. Played Donkey Kong 64, didn't love it so much. Was thrilled years ago when Donkey Kong Country Returns 
came to the Wii U, which I thought was a nice return to form for the game. And I just finished playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for the first time. It's a, it's a really, really great game. Yeah. Um, I, I just love their, I think in terms of like 2D platformers, they're, I don't want to say they're better than Mario, but like they're on the same level as Mario uh, in terms of difficulty and innovation and music. I love the music. David Wise is great. Yeah. They're also really inventive. And I love, they really start this in DKC too. All the secrets that you can find, the lost worlds, the bonus levels, all that is just really fun. And that's kind of as like immersive in a video game as I want to get. (laughs) The Donkey Kong Country games are just, are just perfect for me. They're the exact level of immersion and gameplay that I that I need. I just yeah, love them. There's definitely a great like Saturday morning cartoon level of depth to the Donkey Kong Country games. And that's great because the same characters do continue on. You get this little, these little stories are kind of in this little ongoing story of how Donkey Kong is relationships with all these other people of his family, you know, whether it's Diddy or Dixie or Kitty or Cranky and all these other great characters. And you have the Kremlings who are these really, really great enemies. It was really rare on top of their game especially when they were releasing these games back in the mid-1990s. And I love the Donkey Kong Country series. I'm a big fan of all of them. I also think Tropical Freeze is excellent. I played that a few times, both on Wii U and on Switch. So I was very happy that uh, that game actually got a re-release. And I think it's good. I think it's almost back to form to where they were, you know, in the mid-90s. But Jordan, what about you, man? What about, what's your, what's your experience with Donkey Kong? I feel like we're all going to have a similar answer just because we're the same age and we grew up in the same place. But yeah, I had a Super Nintendo. The height of my gaming experience was playing the Super Nintendo. Same thing Evan just said. And I remember being in Toys R Us probably around the holiday season, maybe a little bit before. And uh, the Toys R Us display had a demo screen where you could play through a little bit of Donkey Kong Country. And I just remember standing in the aisle with my mom, like looking at the screen being like, wow, video games can look like that now. Because at yeah. that time, that was a big leap forward in graphics mm-hmm. in in terms of the richness of what you could see visually done with the graphics in a, in a Super Nintendo game. So that was that was a really cool moment. And I remember just it was just a playthrough. I mean, it, it's the in-store playthrough. So people are just going through like the first two levels or so. I think the thing that caught me right after the visuals was the game's music is fucking unreal. It is. And that's actually consistent throughout all three of the Super Nintendo installments. The music is so good. It has this really cool rock jungle rhythm that you get really into. And it's almost like as you're getting through the level, you're compelled to move faster. Not because there's a timer, really, though I, you know, time has an element too, but more because the music, the music yep. is like kind of moving you along. The thing yeah. I, I really probably enjoyed most from those games, especially from the first two, was the barrel jumping mechanisms, yeah. I thought. Sometimes the music would help you. It, it really had no effect directly on gameplay, but it was it was a really neat thing to shoot yourself from barrel to barrel. And I thought that was something unique that Mario didn't really have that. You know, you're always going to compare all platformers to Mario. And I think I think it holds up. I think in general, these games hold up because that graphic style is still really good. It doesn't fucking fall apart, like looking at an N64 game and asking, you know, what God hath wrought at this point. But the SNES stuff still looks great. DKC is still top of the list. Yeah, DKC still looks really, really good. Obviously, 2 and 3 look great. The worlds worlds are very interesting in how they expand. And you're right, the N64 stuff doesn't look as good, especially as Evan said, uh, Donkey Kong 64 is I don't like Donkey Kong 64 at all. Uh, I, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't, I guess because it's Donkey Kong, I, I still kind of like it. I don't hate, I don't hate that game, but I think that game like kind of did the series a service in a weird way because like 
it was clearly trying to do the Mario 64 thing of it's a little more open world. There's more stuff to collect. It was also trying to do the Banjo-Kazooie thing as well, which Banjo-Kazooie just handled it so much better. And yeah, Banjo is a better game. Yeah. Is, is just, it's just a mess. There is, yeah. There's too much to do in that game. There's too many things to collect. It's too confusing. There's too many characters. It's just, it's like it proved that, you know, bigger is not necessarily better for this series. And I'm glad they haven't gone back to that to that well i think they know i think they know that donkey Kong 64 is definitely considered something that's a little bit not as good as the other games but it did give us the dk rap so that's that's probably worth it it's like the prequels right the star wars prequels are, are good for the memes walnuts the, uh, peanuts pineapple <laughs> smells grapes melons oranges and coconut shells <laughs> terrible but also, great. he has no style he has no grace this kong has a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember seeing the DK rap the first time on that game and just going, yep, yeah, I'm, uh, this is it. This is, we peaked, people. Yep. Um, and also, Jordan, the, uh, to, to, to give you the information there as well, and to give everyone out there the information, the composer for the Donkey Kong Country games is a man by the name of David Wise, who I had the privilege of being able to attend a couple of panels with him at MAGFest uh, over the years. And he is as cool as you think he is, like such a nice, humble guy, People were going up to him and be like, listen, some of your songs were like changed my life and all that stuff, you know, talking to a composer. And he's like, oh, yeah, great. I'm so happy you had that. He's like super nice. He also doesn't think his stuff is like world shattering and astronomically amazing. Like he's just like, hey, listen, I was writing music. Really happy. Like, like he really like it wasn't like in a way where he was like shooing off people. It was very much like, oh, very cool. Let's sit and talk about it for a little while. And I have heard him play saxophone live on Sticker Brush Symphony which is one of the most requested Donkey Kong Country songs out there, which is from yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2, yeah. and which is really funny to have that. He's awesome. His music's great. And they brought him back for Tropical Freeze, which is wonderful. That to him, he said, was like a dream project for him, was that he got to work on the series again. For me, my experience with Donkey Kong is similar to you guys after a while, but I definitely got my start in Donkey Kong on the NES. I had uh, Donkey Kong Classics, so I played a lot of Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. And I really enjoyed the games. They were always very tough. And then I would go to the arcade and they were even more difficult. I don't know how that would happen, but the games were more difficult in the arcade because the Donkey Kong translation is... There's a long story behind that and why we the arcade version is different from the home version and who actually programmed Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is an interesting topic in terms of how it was created. I suggest anyone go out there and, and, and research that and look into that. I started with those. Mike, Mike, sorry to interrupt you, but no, there's, no, no, a, go there's a pretty good documentary series on on Netflix. I forget what it's called that kind of goes into video game history and they cover I score? this. I score. I score. Yes, they cover this a little bit. That whole like programming ports in the arc. So that that's, yeah, I would yes. recommend so what it comes down to is Nintendo didn't actually do the programming in-house for Donkey Kong. It was done by another party, another company outside of Nintendo. So for years, nobody knew who actually owned the rights to the original Donkey Kong game. So it was all over the place. But now we kind of have it. It was in Animal Crossing and it's, in, it's on the Switch now. So, But definitely research Donkey Kong. There's a ton of legal stuff, very interesting legal stuff in regards to Donkey Kong over the years with lawsuits and King Kong and Universal and Nintendo. It's crazy. It's all over the place. It's definitely something worth checking out. But yeah, as I was saying, I got started with Donkey Kong Jr. I love that game. I love Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. is actually a character I wish we saw more of in, over the years because he's gone. We haven't seen him in 20 plus years. And uh, I've always enjoyed the series. I think Donkey Kong's a great character. I think he represents something very different than what Nintendo also is showing you. I mean, I know he still gets invited to all the parties and he gets invited to play golf with them and stuff. But like you have Mario and his friends who are people, I guess. And then you have Bowser, who's like a turtle dragon, but like, okay, he's an enemy. And then they hang out with a gorilla. Like it's just, he's, he's their buddy. 
He's their, he's their friend who's a gorilla who can drive. At some point, I will have a pitch that will involve a Mario Kart series that's like wacky races, but we're not going to go there. We are going to talk about Donkey Kong. So I don't know if there's a real way to get into this to be like, we normally talk about, hey, what did they get wrong about this? Or what did they get right? For a topic like Donkey Kong, I think what we should touch upon is what do we like about what they do with Donkey Kong and what do we want to see more of, of out of that before we get into pitches. So Evan, go for it. What I, I think I, you know, I kind of said what I love so much about it and Jordan and, and you both touched on it as well is that, you know, I think one thing we didn't mention is that the games have a really terrific sense of humor. They're kind of meta in a weird way, particularly with Cranky Kong, yes. who's always there to give you advice. He's finally sort of a playable character in Tropical Freeze, but you know, he's always complaining that he's the best video gamer of all time, he would have finished the game in 10 minutes flat. Uh, like, that's always very funny. I love that they have stuck with, or have sort of gone back to just being a platform game with these crazy level designs. And I love that each level, and this is more so than Mario, that each level, like, it kind of asks you to do something new or learn something new. You have to adjust to a different, you know, whether it's platforms going this way or platforms going that way, or it's even in the Super Nintendo games, they have levels that change the controls around. You know, literally up is down and uh, right is left, which I think is really fun and really challenging. So I love all that about it. I also love this core cast of characters that we have. Like this whole, it is this big goofy family. I love them all with the exception of Chunky Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Chunky Kong can get the fuck out. Yeah, I know like, guy. I think all the ire directed at Kitty Kong should have been shouted at his older brother chunky yeah chunky sucks fuck that guy he looks stupid he's got a stupid hat i hate everything about chunky so my yep. pitch does not involve chunky yeah, either does chunky. mine good good We're nor okay. mine <laughs> we'll scratch him off the list of uh, most wanted characters for smash brothers you know what i actually i can't i chunky is in my pitch but it's very minor okay that's fine as long as, as, long as it's minor um, I also love, and Mike, this is, we were talking about this a little bit back and forth. The Kremlings are fantastic villains. Yeah, they're they are just terrific, terrific villains. They are, a lot of these games, not the, the, that we that we played as kids, the villains are sort of cutesy, uh, like to the point where sometimes, even as a kid, I'd be like, oh, I really have to stomp on that cute little Goomba. He's kind of cute. <laughs> the Kremlings are a genuine threat. They, they're scary looking, but not too scary looking. King K. Rule is hysterical. He's a threat, but he's also a very funny goofball. Donkey Kong Country 3 establishes that he has a wife, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And I also love the other thing that I don't think we've talked about is the animals in the games, which I absolutely love. There's yeah, the animal buddies are great, yeah. They're great. Rambi the Rhino is fantastic. Ungard, the, the dolphin. I'm also a big fan of Ellie from Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah, she's sure. great. The elephant, yeah. The elephant, she's fantastic. And the spider, who has a terrible name, Squitter. Squitter, I like Squitter. Why is Squitter a bad name? It's just, you know, sounds a little dirty. He's just squitting all over the place. All right, his name is not fucking Squirter, okay? <laughs> it's one letter off. <laughs> it's, it's not that far off, man. It's really, but I love Squitter. Squitter's great. And of course, um, I have more of a problem with squawks and quawks. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Two, two different parrot characters. Wait a minute. So is the purple parrot Quawks? Is that what yeah, that is? Quawks is the Quox. purple parrot from, from DKC3, and Squawks is the green parrot from DKC2. I never knew that. I always thought it was just... But uh, I, actually, they're both in three, aren't they? 
They're I both, think they're both in two. They're both in two. They're both in two. The Purple Parrot's in two as well? I think so, yeah. I think the Purple Parrot's only in two, if I'm not mistaken. All uh, I know is that Squawks, uh, totally, Squawks totally hit the gym and started cycling on steroids between DKC 1 and 2, by the way. He's being trained by Espresso, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because right. Squawks just literally holds a flashlight for you in one level in Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, He's that's... valuable. He's a valuable creature. The light is important! <laughs> <laughs> how dare you no i'm just it's a great level it's one of the best levels in the game and, just, and then the second game he can live two apes two apes fly with them and shoot coconuts eggs, Egg, eggs or coke i i don't yeah i guess they are eggs well because at least these fucking characters have names they didn't give the whale a name in dkc returns he's got no fucking name he's just the whale that he's poor whale. whale yeah that poor yeah, whale that's sad that is that's um, real sad but no the animal buddies are are amazing i love them they're some of the best moments in the game. I love in like DKC two and three where you can like transform into the animal yes. and you get to like live that way. And the best thing about Squitter is that he's a spider with sneakers, which I find to be just lovely character design. And is anyone who, if anyone's afraid of a spider, it's like, you know, kids can be afraid of spiders, but you see Squitter, you're like, oh, he's not so bad. He's like a big fuzzy tarantula. I love that. He's also, he's almost, he's almost too powerful yeah because he can create platforms for himself an endless amount of them and he can endlessly shoot things at people like if you are playing as squitter and you lose you are terrible at video games he is just <laughs> he is so powerful He's oh really yeah good also if you lose squitter in the level that's just restart kill yourself and restart yeah oh yeah oh yeah no yeah. if you hear squitter's that too good and you have to go like he like runs away you have to go after him that's the sound all the animals make when they there is one level in in dkc2 that i was talking to jordan about it's in the lost world it's the lost world level it's called animal antics where you have to play as every single animal for a portion of the level and it is so hard it is yeah great level though it's a great level. And Squitter's section is the easiest because he's Squitter, but um, the other ones are, the Squawk section is impossible. It's so difficult to get through because you're just flying. And this is what I'm talking about in the, the great level design. You're flying amongst these brambles and the wind is blowing back and forth. So like, it's so hard to control, but it, it's, it's terrific. It's, yeah, that, that level is, that's like a nightmare stage. It's kind of like, and you'll see that in pretty much every platformer by the end, there's definitely a stage that's a nightmare stage. And Tropical Freeze had a bunch. Oh, forget it. Yeah. You have 99 lives in Tropical Freeze and they get whittled down real quick after some of these. Bounce over to Jordan. Jordan, so what, what do you, same question. So what do you love about Don Kong? What would you like to see them do more of? And, you know, what, what do you like, think that they do? Well, as you'll see reflected in my pitch, it's not really, uh, you, you kind of introduced it this way. I'm not really looking to correct a problem. I think the yeah. games are very good. So it's not like I'm trying to say like they do bad with this one thing. It's more that I really appreciate certain aspects and just want to see more of it. I was really spoiled by Mario Maker as a thing. I just liked having some autonomy over level design elements. And I think finally, as you'll see in my pitch, Donkey Kong Country has enough modular elements where you can give the player some agency in how a level could be designed because it's already kind of there. You have some agency in terms of how a barrel mechanism works in a particular part of a level. Uh, I think you could gamify that a little bit more. I would just like to see uh, more barrels. I like levels that are on tracks in general. I, I just, I love all those things. I want to echo uh, Evan's sentiment about the games having just this great sense of humor. I think the games are, are really wonderfully aware of themselves in a way that was them first before you got your ratchets and your bandicoots and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Not that Mario is so formal, 
but Mario is kind of the standard. And now Mario is actually very self-aware of Mario and Mario things and stuff. Donkey Kong kind of already had that baked in the pie. And I think some of that is also, K. Rule is very funny. And I would just like to see more K. Rule throughout the game. It was always such a treat when you finally got to him at the end. But as we know from seeing him now many times, plus this is, you know, Smash Brothers character, he's funny. I just want more K. Rule. Yeah, and I think that the Mario games do that more of now. You'll see Bowser more frequently in the games because Bowser's, I think Bowser's also wonderful. I think it's just like, he's a big bully and there's something just so lovable about Bowser and K. Rule. It's like in these games, we want to see more of these characters. And I think that sense of humor for Donkey Kong that you both uh, touched on, it comes from them being developed by like an English company. I think it's a very English sense of humor to a degree. Remember, this is- It's very dry. Yeah, it's very dry. It's very dry. It's very rare is is from England. So they have that wonderful dry wit about it, but not afraid to be silly at the same time. And uh, as we have to remember, this is the same company that gave us the likes of Battletoads. So that's the style of humor to a degree carries onward through through the games as you can see and now granted there's no monkey named or or ape or gorilla named like pimple or something but uh, they definitely have a lot of fun with the names of the stages and what king k rule does and how the characters are designed and there's a big like googly eye mess to like everything about it and it's just a lovable lovely saturday morning cartoon style feel to it and i have always appreciated that about the donkey kong country games there's not a lot to talk about donkey kong in terms of like this is terrible Let's get rid of this. That's not what we're trying to do here. It's like Jordan said, we're not trying to make the series better. The series is also very already very good, but we want more of it. We want more Donkey Kong. So I think this is a perfect time to start talking about how we would handle Donkey Kong if we got our hands on it. So Evan, magic words, my friend, you get to say them. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. So how about this? There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right. First of all, like, like you guys have said, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. It, and it's, it's not like it needs a radical change. But I would say, first thing to do is you stick to what they've been doing on the Switch and on the Wii U, is keeping it on this, you know, standard platformer level. But I would love the next game to be, bring back Diddy and Dixie. Make them the two main characters again, just like DKC2. Just fix up Diddy's abilities a little bit, make his role, like give him the ability to roll and then make her her ability to roll not as good or something like that, just so that the, it's a little more balanced. What I would wanna have happen, I have a whole plot. Um, so I would wanna have happen is standard plot- Give it to of, us. Standard plot of two, Donkey Kong gets kidnapped himself and it's up to Diddy and Dixie to go and, save the day. And here is who he is kidnapped by. I'm given a deep cut here, but there's a bit of a mystery. So a little bit of a misdirect. I want to bring back the Brothers Bear from Deep okay. yep. Three. Remember the Brothers Bear? Yep. Oh yeah, sure. You would yep. go and interact with them. They had all these cabins. You would give objects to them. They'd open secrets. One of them was an asshole. Only one of them. There's Brash. <laughs> fast Bear, who if you beat his time on a certain level, he gets so angry he he literally stomps the ground so hard that a secret. <laughs> right. Um, um, have him come in, kidnap Donkey Kong. That's your first world. Is going through uh, a jungle type world, uh, you know, a, a forest type world where where there are bears and and blah 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 blah. Um, Evan, can I interrupt you already? Yeah, I'm interrupting your pitch. Go ahead. If you're bringing back the bears, will will we get the opportunity to attend Blue Bear's birthday party? just to give him something. Can that be in the epilogue? I think that should be, I think 
I'm getting the blue bear. Let me get <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Go on. Go on. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about blue bear guys. Come on. Yeah. And you have the bears. Uh, I want the bears to be running like the shops mm-hmm. in the game. So you, you, you reintroduce each uh, so one bear market. It, yeah. And each new subsequent world, the bears are running. I'm sorry. The I apologize. Bear market. I'll shut up now. No, you're fine. You're fine. So you get to the end of world one, which is the forest world. So you, you, you can mix up the enemies a little bit. Like you have sort of wolves going after them, stuff like that, you know, make the enemies a little more threatening because Mike, I do have to bring this up. I have one bone to pick with you when we were talking about tropical freeze, because I kept complaining about how I don't like the villains in the new games, how I think they're like dopey looking and stuff. And you kept saying to me, well, they're kind of, they're better in Tropical Freeze. You know, I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings. And I'm playing the game. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to when the Vikings show up. And Mike, it's just penguins with Viking helmets on. Those are Vikings, Those are Vikings. man. They have Viking ships. <laughs> but they're, that's just, Mike, if I walked down the street with a Viking helmet on, no one would be like, there goes a Viking. They'd be like, there goes an idiot. I, I would. You I, would get arrested for potentially storming the Capitol. Then. Yeah, there's a good chance. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I get really excited about stuff. <laughs> You fight a seal, right, with a Viking helmet on? It's a seal with a Viking helmet. There's a walrus with a Viking helmet. But they're just too cute. So that's why I want you I get it. I get it. You get to the end of the first world, and your boss fight is Brash. Brash, once you beat him, you know, like, Brash is like, you know, where's Donkey Kong? And Brash is like, well, somebody else paid me to kidnap him. It was King Zing Sting. Remember the giant? Yeah. Yeah. So your next world is then going to a theme park. Mm-hmm. Similar, it's a theme park world similar to Kremland that has been overrun by the zingers. These bees who have it's a nice honey bear thing going on. Yeah, you got there. yeah, yeah. You yeah. Have potential there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the theme park world. And basically, every world you get to a new, a, an old, a, an old villain who you think is behind kidnapping Donkey Kong, but it's not. Meanwhile, bonus levels. Let's talk bonus levels. Which bonus levels? rule in these games and are so hard absolutely yeah and bonus levels i want you to have to play as as the other cons so this is how you bring back lanky this is how you bring back kitty this is how you bring back and this is how you uh, no chunky (laughs) 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 but you only play them in the bonus levels like you open up in a bonus level and you're either lanky or and you're that level is played based on their abilities and and i like this idea after you beat each world, you get a level where you're playing as Donkey Kong, trapped wherever he is. And those are the levels that you do in silhouettes. Oh, that's cool. You know, so you don't quite know where he is. And it also calms awesome. everybody. It calms everybody down who's like, I want to play as Donkey Kong. He's like, well, you get to play as him. So shush. There's a lot of Kong in this Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's, it needs to be the ultimate donkey kong game bring all the animals back all of them i want all and bring in some new ones too i was thinking maybe playing as a wolf might be fun at certain points or uh stuff like that but bring all the animals back and anyway that's world after world after world and then at the end of the game love it at the end of the game of course after you beat the final boss it's revealed that king k rule has been behind everything the whole time what yes it's a shock and what and what you do and this is just to please me then you have him be like, yeah, and I sent the penguins after you in Tropical Freeze, and I sent 
cheeky guys after you. <laughs> oh, so he does a fucking Blofeld. He's a Blofeld inspector yeah, reveal. Yeah. Inspector. I am the author of all your pain. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine King K. Rool saying that. I am the author of all your pain. And Diddy and Dixie would just be like, <sighs> Dixie would blow a, a bubble and Diddy would like take out his boombox and pay no attention to him. And then after you beat K. Rool, that's when you go to the Lost World. Of course. Um, and the Lost World... I don't want to see a single Kremlin throughout the main gameplay to make the surprise work. The Lost World is where you bring the Kremlings back. Every type of Kremlin is in every Lost World level. You make those levels insanely hard. They should all be throwbacks, I think, to the, the previous games. Those each, each one of those levels, that's where you get your nostalgia hit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you bring in, uh, you have a pirate level, you have a lava level, you have one of the cliffs levels from DKC3, all that. And that's your, that's your Lost World. I love that. That's great suggestion and, oh keep going and no and i was gonna say that's that's basically it you know so, i just want more of the same and that i really want it to be diddy and dixie focused suggestion I mean, do you have a title is there a title yeah, is there thing? a title uh, no well no i hadn't thought of a title all right so it's donkey Kong country <laughs> 4 donkey Kong country ultimate Maybe oh donkey yeah ultimate. oh yeah there you go yeah, it works suggestion when you go to the lost world at the end you should you should have the the ability to actually choose to play as donkey kong as well since i guess you yes. freed him at this point because you yes I, I actually yes i forgot to say that yes you've freed him at this point that's yeah. perfect i think that's great and honestly that's what people want that's what we want. That's, that's, that's what I, I kept thinking about it. I was like, just give the people what they want. They want every Kong. They want all the animals. All they the want the Kremlings back. Exactly. Um, and the only thing I would say is, Mike, I meant to ask you this earlier. D David Wise, he still does the music. He did it for Tropical Freeze. And I think he did Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2. I'm not sure if he did 3. Okay, because Tropical Freeze, I liked hearing a lot of the old music. But at the same time, I wanted more new stuff. Yeah. So I would, I would just want the music to be... New. Give us our version of that music. Don't just, you yeah. know. No, I oh, totally one, get that. One other thing. No, no water-based worlds. No. You got to do it. You have to no, do no, it. No, 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 no. You have That's to a mainstay. Have mainstay. You have to have water levels. No, wa no world entirely based around water. No. Each world can have their own <laughs> water level. They're pretty. They, the music is always good in those games. And I like the mechanic in Tropical Freeze of adding that you can run out of air. I like that mechanic. Keep that. But don't give yeah. me a full water-based world. Tropical Freeze has an entire world that's water levels, and it's a nightmare. It's it's too much. If don't anyone anyone who is who listens to any of the podcasts that I'm on, I absolutely hate, 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 hate water stages. I hate them so much. Yeah. Every single game they're in, they drive me crazy. You have to have them. You have to have them. They're part of the genre. But I don't need the whole... I, you're right. That's like the, my least favorite part of Tropical Freeze. It's part of the game and I love the game, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like, oh, I'm going to be frustrated for the next hour. And uh, I don't necessarily need that for that long a time. So Evan, you're going to be uh, utilizing the Brothers Bear, as you yeah. said. They're going to be running the shops. You're going to be through the game, et cetera, et cetera. Are you going to follow up on any of their plots from the previous game? Will oh, Blue Bear... Hashtag, hashtag I, Blue Bears uh, I, justice for Blue Bear. I forgot, I forgot about Blue. So Blue is, of course running the shop in the Lost World. Oh, oh yeah! There you go. And which no one has come to the Lost World forever. Oh, um, so boy. in your credits sequence, once you've you know beaten the Lost World and beaten the final game, it ends with everybody going to Blue's birthday party. Oh, oh yeah. Even, even Brash. You get Brash wow. to come to the birthday party. Brash is just sitting in the corner, like, you know, frowning and stomping his foot. But he's there. We let oh. him in. Oh, we they paid him in all those bear coins. He, he couldn't <laughs> handle it. 
That's great. I love that. I like it. I love the game a lot. I love this, man. This is so much fun. Definitely something that is right up the alley of what all of us would want to play. And I think it's something that gives you, like you said, enough of the nostalgia hit while giving you something more and something new and different. So it's really, really cool. I enjoy that. Right. Thank you, you know, for that, it, Evan. You know, it, it, I, I like the mystery aspect. It's mm-hmm. the most painfully obvious mystery ever, but uh, hey. Yeah, that's who you want anyway, right? You want King K. Rule to be the to guy. Be King K. Rule. Oh, and also one thing it needs, they haven't done this since DKC2. One of the worlds needs to be a ghost world, like Ghostly mm-hmm. Grove from yeah. DKC2. Yeah. Um, those yeah. ghosts, they really didn't do those enough. Like three has one level, I think that's a ghost level. One doesn't have any. So bring bring back a ghost world. Their, their ghost worlds are always fun. You always need a ghost level, right? You always need something with ghosts in, it in all these games, especially platformers. All of them have them. So why not make a ghost world? Totally. So Jordan. Yes. Do you want right. to go? Okay. I, yeah. I'm, I'm. Listen. I. I. I can't top Evan's pitch. Evan was, you know, the big guest today, but I can try. All right. So, how about this? Ooh. Let me introduce you to Kingdom Kong. Oh boy. Kingdom Kong. Oh boy. Right. So here's my plot. The plot will make the game mechanics hopefully self-evident. All right. So Donkey Kong has a troubled cousin. We've met him before. We've been a little unsure of what their relationship was, but. I want to talk for a moment about Swanky Kong. Yeah! (laughs) Swanky Kong, our good old game show host buddy. Swanky Kong comes to the Kong family with a proposition. He says, listen, Kremland has been out of operation for too long. I think that we can make this a family business. Here are the plans for Kingdom Kong and my new partner, Snide the Weasel. Okay, Snide the Weasel, who was responsible for so many Kremlin inventions over the years and probably designed the park initially. He was at the right hand of K. Rule designing all the really cool devices and things like that. He says, you know, hey, me and Snide, we're going to we're going to reopen Kremlin, but it's going to be, you know, Kingdom Kong, maybe Kongland. We'll see. And the family says, no, it's a horrible idea. Definitely don't do that, whatever. But, you know, Donkey Kong is kind of a chump. So he's like, all right, I'll, I'll lend you the bananas to make this happen. All right. So forward cut. No one has heard from Swanky Kong in a long time. They knew that construction was going on, you know, on Kong Island, but it, no one has heard from him in a while. And the family has become concerned. So our main player characters who are going to be uh, Donkey Kong, Candy Kong, Dixie Kong, and Diddy Kong, who are your four playables, are going to head on up the mountain just to see what Swanky's been up to. And other members of the family, obviously, are, are helping out there as well. You get to the midway, like through the park entrance, and you realize shit has gone down. This place is like half built, so it's like half the paradise of what Kong land or kingdom Kong could have been. And it is still half run down old Kremlin, but it is evident that someone or something was trying to do the opposite of what Swanky was doing. Swanky was trying to make a new theme park. Some other nefarious force was using it as a hideout to create their own horrible theme park. That obviously is a place that no one should go. Who could um, it be? So, who could uh, yeah, who, who could it be exactly? It, it, totally unknown, a mystery. So uh, here are some of the elements that I wanted to bring in. The first was that you almost encounter Swanky still in like his game show host form, but it's just stuff that he's recorded. It is like promos for each ride and attraction. And you're like, well, I don't know where he went. Maybe something happened to him. I don't know. So there are two sides to this game. There's the quest to find Swanky Kong. But then there's the also the, the idea that this park has to be operational. And it has an opening date that is fairly soon. And Donkey Kong has invested his banana fortune in the park. And he's going to lose the banana fortune unless the park is operational. 
I thought this might be a fun include for like the Mario or the Mario Kart characters who are like occasionally send letters like, we can't wait to see the park. This is going to be great. And Donkey Kong having to be like, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for you to be here. <laughs> but nothing is finished behind him. So the two sides of the game is this. One is your traditional platformer where you're going through different levels. Obviously, the Kremland attractions are still active. So you have to go play through those levels, defeat the Kremlings who are still lurking because ha ha ha, obviously we know who is behind this and get them off those attractions to transform them fully into Kong attractions. You have to go to every evil quote unquote attraction and Kongify it. You can Kongify things in a bunch of different ways, but obviously this is all gamified, right? So this puts power in the hands of the player, gives them agency. So I want you to be able to create your own tracked courses, your own minecart carnage. I want you to be able to create your own barrel jump level, things like that. And I want there to be elements for you to basically buy and put these attractions together as levels. So there's a little bit of that Mario Maker-ness to it. Um, the currency in the game is ride tickets. Um, so you go through the worlds collecting ride tickets instead of bananas. Ride tickets are good because you can use them to modify attractions, that is, the levels that you've already switched over to the Kong side. But they are also usable for the game's items. You need ride tickets to save the game, you know, with Wrinkly, uh, just like always. You need ride tickets for, my favorite for this would be, we're going to go ahead and give Funky Kong a kiosk where Funky Kong's new thing is he's going to be like Safari Dude, right? Like, whoa, bro, check out these great animals, man, right? He always and, has new things, so that's perfect. He's yeah, always, right. He's that uncle of yours who at every party is like invested in a new business. It's got seven <laughs> drones! Right, right, so Funky in this game is like safari guy. He's like dressed in like full jungle safari gear. He was going to be Swanky's like animal expert. So for ride tickets, you can go ahead and you can buy, very similar to what Evan had suggested would be a cool idea, any of the animal buddies to play as in any particular level based on ride tickets. Obviously, Spider would be the most expensive. That would be like, I don't know, 10 tickets or something like that. And Little Squawk's the parrot who just shines a light on you. He'll be like one ticket or something like that. I don't know. But for the most part, you can bring in animal buddies into any of the levels. And just as they have been in the past with you know the little signs and things like that, we'll dismiss them as needed throughout the levels. You play through the game. You're doing that. You're transforming all these attractions into Kong attractions. Eventually, you're, you're getting closer to opening the park, okay? But there is, of course, the nefarious force that is here who has you know secreted away your good friend Swanky. And that, of course, is MCK Rule. MCK Rule, <laughs> who is specifically, now follow me for this, MCK Rule is, yeah, he's a ringmaster, okay, a carnival-themed King K. Rule, but he is specifically a rap ringmaster, okay? Like, he plays, like, like fucking dank rap beats, all right? Like, you walk into some of these creme attractions, this is like the floors, like, fucking rumbling with the bass. Like, it's just, like, big, like, club music, very dark levels, a lot of, like, fucking sparkle and shine, right? And I think, like, a cool intro to MCK Rule will be, like, Diddy, like, is, like, popping out his boombox early in the game, but, like, can't get, like, the right frequency for, like, his usual radio station. And instead, there's, like, this sinister rap club house music beat and he's like, what is this? And Funky's just like, oh man, that's MCK Rule. He's topping the charts, dude. He's yeah. really cool. Everyone loves MCK Rule. But like, no one knows that it's King K Rule. They're like, wow, that's, you know, some name there. But it's like, it's obvious. It should be obvious <laughs> who it is. <laughs> so yes, you, you eventually fight your way to the big top, the underground horrible big top where MCK Rule is with Snide the Weasel, who 
turned out to be a fink all along. Yeah, you will have to, I would think I would love some kind of like piloted vehicle combat to be part of like that final combat where like you have designed some kind of weapon that you've purchased parts with from your ride tickets to go up against their last big evil carnival ride, which either should be some kind of sinister carousel or would probably be better as a uh, a big um, Ferris wheel, yes. uh, some, some design like that. So, you know, I, I think what this came from was I was so taken with Kremlin from the second game that I was just like, I would love to just spend all my time in Kremlin. That's that's kind of the excuse for this. And I wanted to bring back a game where you had more options of characters to play with that would have their own unique special abilities. I liked those four characters in particular. They felt good to me in terms of it being DK, Candy, Diddy, and Dixie. Yeah, I, I, I think it should be a celebration of all the Kong family members. Uh, you know, I'll steal something from Evan here. I think for ride tickets, a lot of your bonuses could kind of be baked in the pie because as you build your park, the midway sort of automatically expands and then you get new midway games that are all hosted by different characters from the series. It could be other Kong family members, but you could do, you know, essentially like a whack-a-mole game. You can do things like getting the golf ball in the goldfish tank, things like that. And you can make those bonus levels actually fairly challenging. And you can give out different prizes. You can get out extra lives. You can give out, uh, if you have these modular elements, the ability to change levels in some other new and interesting way. And then in the epilogue of the game, Mario and Luigi and Toadstool, I don't know, fucking Samus Aran, whoever else, they arrive and they're like, Kongland is great. This is awesome. Maybe they don't fully like, I don't think they kill mck rule i think there's just like someone makes a comment like this music is great who is this and then like they all like turn uh you know, <laughs> something like that yeah that is that is kingdom kong i love it i love, love kingdom kong this sounds and kingdom kong is such a great double entendre for a name of a yeah. theme park also a name of a yeah. game i love it i love it so much that's great dude and i'm so so right up your alley with like theme parks and weird <laughs> stuff Sure. And you know what? Since it's a fucking Jordan Hugh thing, it's there's a haunted train. Okay. Of yeah. Course. There's of a course. haunted mine train, you know, level. So put that in there too. How can you I not also, have a ghost train? I love, um, I really like your idea of sort of, you know, having you be the one sort of creating tracks mm -hmm. like Mario Maker. Yeah. I think, I think that's actually better than Mario Maker. I was a little put off by Mario Maker when it came out because it just felt sort of lazy to me. It felt like Nintendo was being like, you know what? You do it. <laughs> you do it um, <laughs> but this is great like this is clearly it has your levels that are just you know fully designed and then you're doing your own thing that's great you can uh, add like your flair yeah. to it yeah yeah that's like really clever uh, i have one question you mentioned yeah. wrinkly Kong, jordan is she yeah still, is she a ghost or are you retconning that no, Wrinkly Kong should still be a ghost. I don't want to erase any of the game's like past story, so like I would have to acknowledge that in some way. So Wrinkly's, you know, save cave is is she's she's a ghost in the cave. I think I would probably reskin her as some kind of like fortune teller seance experience. Like, oh, you want to save your game? Go summon your grandmother. <laughs> Go summon up Wrinkly Kong at the fortune teller's booth, you know, and have that almost be like that room in the haunted mansion at Disney where you you kind of bring Madame Leota out of the fucking crystal ball. So that'll be that'll be the Wrinkly Kong experience. Oh, that's great. That's a perfect way to do it and fit the uh, the theme too. Yeah. yeah. I and love that. At the end when Mario and crew show up to the park and are all excited, can Bowser be with them and just be like, I don't like this. This this <laughs> 
sucks. Absolutely. Bowser walks in and goes, needs more spikes, more fire. Yeah. I think actually, I think specifically Wario and Bowser are both like trying to give you like advice. Like here's where the lava traps need to be. You need a motocross level over there. And they just like, it's not extreme enough for them. Uh, And Waluigi is just trying to play tennis somewhere. And they're around. Yeah. There's no tennis court, but he's brought a racket. And he's just like in the corner playing with himself, like with a fucking ball against the wall. Uh, Waluigi. And they're like, who brought, who brought him? Purple, purple Wario. Uh, it's Absolutely. terrible, terrible. Dude, that's great. And I think like a fun, like collectible, a fun collectible thing since these games like thrive on collectibles will be like, listen, there's nothing better than like going to a carnival and like winning like the shitty carnival prizes. You know what I mean? So oh, I yeah. think they're hidden throughout the worlds of the levels. I would actually specifically love for them to be like, characters either from donkey kong that don't really like get enough love or it could be just obscure nintendo characters obviously i had gino in mind when i was thinking like oh yeah fucking go into the ghost train level and see if you can snatch gino and like almost always kill you could be his doll right these would be dolls yeah Yeah. they would be like stuffed animals but that's like you know if you weren't gonna use like i don't know uh stanley the bug man or some fucking shit i don't know make him a doll you know and put him in the game somewhere this way you're still acknowledging all the characters even if they're not present oh stanley the bug man and this would be this would be the first time that candy kong would be a playable character is that uh right right yeah yeah, I think uh, Dixie has the the flight ability. Diddy is is more acrobatic, and Kong is is big. So I was just looking for a character that I think would be very fast, since she's like a fitness enthusiast, right, and a dancer, uh, which is what yeah. we've seen her used in the past. So I just thought she would move more quickly than yeah. the other characters. So I'm kind of looking for a more balanced character that almost is like the Luigi to DK's Mario. Do you know what I mean? In terms yeah, of like, um, just like a, a floatier, faster character that does not necessarily have the other characters specials. I love that. That's great. That's great. That's great. And and the games like this, that's where you really get the differentiation is when you change the characters over and you want them to be different from one another, not just the same as Evan pointed out before. Yeah. I might even give candy like a, a kiss projectile or something like that. Just some kind of like low level range effect. Uh, mm-hmm. I know these are not shooter characters. That's why you have the animal buddies, but something special for her specifically. I think Evan is spot on when he says the big problem with DKC2, DKC2 is that Dixie is five times better than Diddy is. So yeah. You don't want that to be the case amongst the four. Yeah. And it's, so, it's just a shame too in that game is because it is you know it's it's his game it's his game yeah and you don't right. want to play as him ever no uh, right no, dixie's always the the preferred person to play honestly when i play sure. tropical freeze she's the one i want on donkey kong's back most of the time i almost never used any uh either cranky or diddy in you gotta tropical use freeze. you gotta use cranky here or there when you have to like cranky has spikes. Specific points where you have to use him D- diddy does not no yep. diddy does not and his ability is not as not as good <laughs> The last thing I'll say is that I want to give the whale a name. Uh, so there's a water park side of Kremlin now. So we're going to call him Winston the whale. Hey, uh, Winston. So Winston gets a fucking whale name now. And he's like, you know, I don't know. You could like, this is just, there's no good way to say this. But you could like fucking ride his blowhole up to like the next level of a stage. You know what I mean? Like he'll, he'll like yeah. squirt you out onto, this is only getting worse, yeah. but he can, he can move you up a level or something like that. Oh, so he'll uh, be there and we'll, we'll use everybody. I, I want all the animal buddies included. Awesome. I love this. Perfect. It's great. I I, I want to play this game tomorrow. Uh, so make it, please. Okay. Yes. yes, I'll get I'll get right on it. Call Nintendo. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Uh, I'll call. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you all don't mind, I have a little bit of an idea. That I like Very to excited to hear. Let's hear it. So how about this? Hey oh. 
couple of things that I think Donkey Kong, a <laughs> couple of things that I think Donkey Kong has been missing over the last 40 years is that Donkey Kong Country is obviously a wonderful series and I love it. There's another game that came out the same year as Donkey Kong Country that I think is a little underlooked and underappreciated. And I think it's also very, very good. It's Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Uh, as many will call it Donkey Kong 94. It's a little bit of a puzzle platformer, builds upon the original Donkey Kong arcade game experience but makes these really unique and interesting stages force you to kind of think a little bit and you have to like use puzzle elements to like uh, raise and lower girders and open gates and, and change the, the way platforms move and all this stuff. It's really great. And it's an excellent puzzle platformer where you play as, as Mario. And there's a Donkey Kong character who we have not seen very much of, but we know that he exists. And maybe I'm partial to this because this is the first Donkey Kong game I ever played. But whatever happened to Donkey Kong Jr. We know who Donkey Kong is. We know Cranky Kong was the original Donkey Kong. We know who our Donkey Kong is. The way the canon is told, our Donkey Kong is his grandson. We know that Donkey Kong Jr. exists because he's been around since 1982, but we haven't really seen him as part of anything Nintendo outside of uh, Mario Tennis on the N64 in 2000, and before that, Super Mario Kart in the SNES. Donkey Kong Jr., is missing. My game is based around the idea of whatever happened to Donkey Kong Jr. And it starts. I really with, hope that's the title, by the way. Whatever uh, happened to Donkey Kong Jr. It's well, really good because you know, it invokes the whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Or okay, you know, or, yeah. fine. Like we can keep that. I had a different title, but we're we can we can work with it. <laughs> Evan and I both jump for like a more literary title. Yeah, yeah, like, go with weird. that. Make it Make weird. It weird. <laughs> whatever happened to DKJ? Starring Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage is Donkey Kong Jr. So this game's going to start with a flashback. And this is a, this is bizarre. It's going to get out there. It's going to get away from the from all of the comfy Saturday morning vibes that we're 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 used to with Donkey Kong Country. I'm but so I, intrigued. This I'm, is this is like a deep cut. This, yeah, what the oh, fuck is this? Tell me now. It's weird. So the game starts as a flashback, and you see Donkey Kong Jr. and a young Funky Kong are in a barrel plane together, flying. You can only see from the outside of the plane. They're not piloting the plane. They're like geared up to jump out of the plane like paratroopers, and they're flying over the lost world into like the Kremlin stronghold. And you get a little conversation about how their mission is to get in, set the charges and get out. So at the beginning of this game, Funky and Donkey Kong Jr. jump, I jump out the plane and they, they, they paratroop down And this game is not going to be your standard platformer, though it is going to have a lot of the Donkey Kong platforming to it. But I want to emphasis on puzzle solving and stealth. Their goal is to get into the fortress and destroy the fortress so that the Kremlings can not move forward into Donkey Kong Island. This is before the battles that Donkey Kong will have with the Kremlings throughout most of his, his, uh, his life. I want there to be, and maybe this is because of Kong Skull Island, but I want the beginning of this game to have almost like a war feel to it. It's clear that the Kremlings have some sort of war going on. People because... over here, people over there. <laughs> there's something happening here. So, you know, there's definitely- All along the watchtower. You can't use that song. You can't. That, like, that, that needs to be, you can't. No, no, you can't use that song in war. But We're there is put on the whole Vietnam War soundtrack for so this there, game. But there is something warish about the Kremlings. You have so many of them that are wearing fatigues and they're wearing battle helmets, like stuff that's like part of a war that is over that the Kremlings have kind of, to a degree, won. 
right? Because the Donkey Kong family has been this kind of dark as fuck, sequestered yeah, yeah. to one small island. So you learn the mechanics of the game that combine the abilities of Donkey Kong Country with Donkey Kong six, uh, 94, not 64, with Donkey Kong 94, where you're solving puzzles to kind of move further ahead, but you're also utilizing stealth throughout the game. So maybe like you can climb on the ceiling and Kremlings can't see you and you can bock them on the head when they're not looking at you. Or maybe you can hop in a barrel and walk as the barrel behind Kremlings while they're not looking and you could do stuff like that or hide in doorways and things like that because you're trying to get into the Kremlin fortress to destroy it. So you finally, you get in. Donkey Kong Jr. sets the banana bombs. He and Krem- he and Funky meet up and they're getting, they're making it out of there, right? They're making it out of there. They get into a little, a little barrel plane. They start flying off, but the place is starting to blow up and all of a sudden they're getting shot at by Kremlin in a, like a Kremlin dogfight. The barrel plane goes down. It goes down and, and there's an explosion and Donkey Kong Jr. and, and Funky are kind of like blown into different directions. And the last thing you see from Funky's point of view is him looking up and seeing Donkey Kong Jr. pick him up and start carrying him out. You wake up, Doc, Funky wakes up and he's been nursed back to health by Cranky Kong, who's yelling at him for being bad at his job. And Cranky looks like he's younger. And Cranky, he says to Cranky that, you know, they got him. They got Donkey Kong. No, they didn't get Donkey Kong Jr. He goes to him. I think he was killed in the explosion because Funky doesn't really remember anything that's happening. So he goes, I think he was killed in the explosion. And they obviously, they mourn Donkey Kong Jr. But they're like, don't tell Donkey yet. Don't tell little Donkey yet. There's a whole fucking yet. funeral level happening. Exactly. It's really the whole, whole thing. Black umbrellas in the rain. Yeah, lots of umbrellas. Lots of, you know, end of Spider-Man 1. Yeah, they're all standing around the ropey rampage level. It's fucking black umbrellas and Everyone's shit. upset. There's not even a body to bury. So what happens is, is you fast forward after this moment happens to now and Diddy and Donkey and Dixie and all the Kongs are just chilling out in Kong Island. They're having a good time. It's getting a little silly again. They're having fun. And Diddy Kong's on his Kong phone and he looks at his Kong phone and he has a moment of shock because he looks at a picture on what I'm calling the Kongtranet and he shows a picture of this haggard, old, starved looking Kong. And it's been seen in the area around King K. Rule's stronghold. So now when they went to attack the Kremlin stronghold, it wasn't rule run by King K. Rule. It was run by his father, Commander K. Rule, who was killed, or at least, eh, maybe not killed, but he was taken out of commission by the Donkey Kong people. And King K. Rule has since had a vendetta against Donkey Kong and his family because they they destroyed his his his, uh, his stronghold. And King K. Rule has this vendetta. So you see that an old haggard looking Kong has been seen in the parts around here, at least being like carted around by Kremlings and all that stuff. And one of the Did most- you, you ported your old man Kong pitch? Into no, Donkey no, Kong no, pitch? no, no, no. This is not porting old man Kong. So he's been I'm carted- old man Kong. So in the picture, Diddy sees this Kong wearing- a beat up, ripped up, gray and red and like it's all bloody and beat up and holes in it tank top. And on the tank top is a big J. He turns over and he shows it to Donkey Kong and he goes, what is this? And Cranky walks over and they show it to Cranky and Cranky's like, oh my gosh. And then Funky comes over and he looks down and he looks at it and goes, he's alive. I'm getting my gear. The Kong's arm up and Funky Kong is kind of like your pilot guy right? He takes you around to all these different parts of the, of the, as almost like fast travel, because he brings you to the new Kremlin fortress. And you, as the Kongs, have to use stealth and subterfuge and platforming and puzzle solving to make your way through this Kong stronghold in a met- almost in a Metroid Castlevania sense to where throughout the game, you're just trying to sneak past the Kremlings to eventually get to Donkey Kong Jr. to save him because he's been missing for so long. And while you're playing through the game, 
there will be bonus stages. And I think that's the best spot to use the animals. But I also think you can use the animals in some of the places outside of the castle or even in the castle to do some certain things you wouldn't be able to do. Like maybe Squitter can like jump up through like shafts and stuff that you really can't normally get through. Maybe there's like a moat that Ingard has to get through, stuff like that. But I also, on top of that, I want you to be able to rescue the other Kongs that have also been captured by the Kremlings and gain their abilities, or at least add them to your Kong party. And I want you to be able to, as a player, to be able to fast, tra fast not only fast travel by using uh, Funky's plane, but also switch out your Kongs based on the room that you're in. So you might be in a room where like, oh, there's a big brick wall that we got to get through. We can't get through it right now. But eventually at some point you'll find Kitty Kong who can punch through the wall or, you know, Donkey Kong can like, can like, you know, banana slam the ground to open up a, a pathway or Diddy Kong to me is like your tech, ex tech, tech expert. He can do like little electric uh, EMP style stuff, or maybe he can shoot his little pineapple guns. Dixie is like a master of stealth. She barely makes any sound when she moves. She can float through the air without making a single peep. And eventually you make your way through this giant castle stronghold. You're taking out all the Kremlings. They're all the classic Kremlin bosses, whether they're vultures or bees or giant crocodiles or beavers or you name it. You take all these guys out. And eventually at the very end, you get to... King K. Rool and you fight King K. Rool and as part of the King K. Rool battle you free Donkey Kong Jr. and it's like a summon out of a Final Fantasy game. You hit the DK Jr. button and he just unleashes like hell on King K. Rool and that's ultimately how you beat him. And you beat King K. Rool by, by the bond, bonding together of all the Kongs and they finally kick the Kremlings out of the Kong Islands and they're finally able to expand their Kong family and they get back what I'm calling the Forgotten King. Donkey Kong Jr. Whatever happened to Donkey Kong Jr., the forgotten king of Kong Island. I think he's a character that I've just missed so much and I like him so much. I think he's so strange and different. And I just I just want him back. I want Donkey Kong Jr. back. Whatever happened, Donkey Kong's dad. And that's kind of my pitch. I uh, I love it. I absolutely nice. love it. it. It's kind of like the, um, and I mean this in a good way because this gets thrown around a lot, but it's kind of like the dark and gritty reboot. You know, I was yeah, thinking about that. Zack Zack Snyder's King Kong. Yeah. I was a little nervous that or I was Donkey going, Kong, rather. Yeah. I was I was nervous I was going going a little too dark and gritty, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. You guys are gonna go cheerful because it's Donkey Kong. I probably should have gone cheerful too because that's who I am as a but, person. But no, but like it does. It like it really, really works. And ultimately, at the end, it's like the most triumphant thing ever if you're getting Donkey Kong Junior back. So I, I think it really works. Yeah, that's uh, cool. It also functions as a neat little sort of a history lesson because I think there's a whole generation, yeah. possibly now two generations of people that do not know who Donkey Kong Jr. is. Not at I, all. I was vaguely aware of him. Also, I'm also vaguely aware. Vaguely aware. So is everyone. He's not really in a lot. He's yeah. He's got like two games of his own and that's about it. And he shows up in Mario Kart. So I just wanted there to be some sort of some sort of weird, wacky backstory to where we get Donkey Kong Jr. back and he starts showing up in games again. Now watch Nintendo tomorrow because it's the 40... The 40th anniversary of Donkey Kong this year, which is crazy to think. Yeah. Watch Nintendo Tomorrow releases some video that's like, oh, we're bringing back Donkey Kong Jr. It's a new Donkey Kong Jr. game. It's like, oh, well, there we go. But I wanted to combine the the style of puzzles and platforming, but also like, I think stealth is really cool in a 2D platformer. I think you could do some really great stuff with stealth, especially if you have Kongs that have like different movement styles. Like Lanky would probably be really cool in a stealth game because he's got the like the weird long well, arms and but stuff. But he has no style. He has no grace. But that, he, ha <laughs> he has a funny face. <laughs> 
You know, since your since your game has a kind of like a military like Vietnam War aesthetic, can we get like a, a tiki tong rest area? Can like the old GIs hang out in like the tiki area and they tell the stories like, yeah, I've I've seen I've seen Kong Jr. out there in the jungle. <laughs> it's crazy up there. They say he's the he's become the uh the wild man of Borneo up there. I don't know. They they listen to a lot of credence and uh you know, and- this also this also sort of in, in a fun way explains why Funky is such a wild man and why he's so fucked up and why he's always changing yeah. careers yes. he's suffering from PTSD. Oh, right, yeah. That's, he has that to was smoke banana leaves to forget the horrors of war. That was actually exactly what I was getting at, because Funky is like really tight laced in the flashback, but then you're like, oh, no wonder why Funky's all screwed up. He watched his friend get blown up or his cousin get blown up in a banana plane or a barrel plane. And obviously this game will have all the barrel stuff. It'll have all that type of stuff, but I want to have like that kind of expansive platforming experience where you don't necessarily get worlds, but you almost get like sections of this stronghold as you make your way through it. And you can easily bounce back and forth and unlock secrets and get more items and get more Kongs and more animals and all that stuff. Like, ban the whole, get the whole band back together. All Kongs, except for Chunky. I won't put him in here for you. Oh, get him out. Ah, oh, come on. Get him out. Maybe oh. maybe he has a special attack where he hits his triangle or something. Oh. Chunky, Chunky Kong can run a restaurant somewhere. He can run the Tiki Tong yeah, rest let him, area. Let him run oh, book. that's it. He'll run the Tiki Tong. The Tiki Tong save point and restaurant. You yeah. know, Mike, you know what also, I think this would actually, like the whole stealth aspect would really help with the water levels. If the water <laughs> levels are almost exclusively stealth, just about learning to, you know, hide in certain areas, swim down over here. Yeah. I think that would actually make the water levels really engaging. If, if you have to use them as a tool to like hide from enemies, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's always more Kremlings <laughs> than there are Donkey Kong, uh, than there are Kongs, right? And that's always the thing. It's like, there's millions of Kremlings and like 10 Kongs. Right. So it's like, it's cool to see that it would be cool to see like oh well this place is just it's just overwhelmed with kongs and it all takes place in the lost world all of it so this is their home but they're clearly trying to take all your bananas would you consider being that this is such a callback such a throwback to an older character would you consider any bonus level stages or features that involve the old style gameplay yes and i think the i think a lot of the bonus stages should be donkey kong style almost like, like girders like the, OG, the og style yeah, yeah like girders and ropes and stuff and that's how you know you can use different kongs in there based on based on that and and you know climb up to the top and use the puzzle elements against each other knock bricks off off, not get keys and stuff like that. I think that's that's a gameplay style. It's a lot of fun that we haven't seen a lot of anymore. In in Donkey Kong sixty four, isn't there a section where you just play the old game? Yes, in the in an arcade cabinet. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. But I always would like these to be like uh, reimagined stages from uh, a forgotten Donkey Kong game. Right, just oh. sort of based on the same mechanics. Yes, right? based on similar mechanics where you play as one of the Kongs and you choose. And that's also like a thing, like, you know, you can lose lives and lose Kong, lose out on Kongs, but I've obviously, you know, rescue them again through Kong barrels and stuff like that. Yeah, that's my pitch. Uh, I think awesome, we've had man. some... I think we've had some great ideas and I think maybe we're at a spot right now where we're not really sure where Donkey Kong is going to go because the last Donkey Kong Country game that came out was a, was a, a port and we're not sure where the series is going to go. So hopefully Nintendo, I know you're listening out there. So listening, you've got three people who are ready to be <laughs> ideas people. I love that we all threw mysteries into a Donkey Kong game. All three of us separately without talking about it. We're like, you know, this needs a mystery. Um, <laughs> mystery is good. It's compelling, but I had a lot of fun with this, guys. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. And uh, before we tie up this show with a nice bow, Evan, what are you working on? What can you share with us before we go? Yeah, so uh, Mike mentioned it earlier, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure that the podcast will finally be out to the public uh, by the time this episode airs. But I'm doing a podcast with my sister, Darcy, called Now and Then. 
where we revisit films from our youth and see if they live up to the nostalgia. And they usually don't. <laughs> We've had Jordan on as a guest. Uh, yeah, I've been there. It's, it's great. It's great being on the show. and It's a great show to listen to. It, it really is a great show to listen to. I've, I've listened to a couple of sneak peeks and I love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad. I'm yeah, so previews glad. have been previews have been great. So just yeah, please check check out the now and then podcast. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. And yeah, that's uh that's pretty much about it. One thing I want to just I, I I feel like I have to bring this to your guys' attention. I just want to talk about this because I feel like you have to know about it. But there's this one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is um the, it's called Blank Check. Have either of you ever listened to that? No, only only one episode that you specifically told me to listen to. But go on, please. Okay. So they it's a movie podcast. They cover director filmographies, but they they go off on a lot of tangents. And in one episode, they wind up talking about Donkey Kong for a good portion of time. And they pitch a Donkey Kong movie that I think is the funniest thing I've ever heard. So they pitch Russell Crowe oh, as yes. Donkey Kong. Oh, fuck yes. Zac Efron as Diddy Kong. Yeah. Oh, right. my God. And Florence Pugh as Dixie <laughs> Kong. Yeah, sure. Why not? And here's the thing. Their pitches, it's done in live action. With no makeup and no CGI. So it's just Russell Crowe, bare-chested, wearing that big red top. <laughs> and that's it. And I heard that and I was like, I would watch that now. I'm going to go find this episode of this podcast and download it. That's great. We would have pitched the same thing. We just would have replaced Florence Pugh with Anya Taylor-Joy like in every episode. Yeah, well, I mean, she, she'd make a decent Dixie. She would. We put... It, Evan, I don't know. I'm sure you know this. We put ATJ in every single yeah, I have every, you're every episode of this show. We have we drop an ATJ reference. See, I yeah. would argue that you keep Florence Pugh as Dixie and you make Anya Taylor Joy tiny. Ooh, there you go. That works. That works. That works. Uh, yeah, we we've. It's been an ongoing gag that she shows up in every everything we do. So uh, that's pretty much it. Um, that's that's going to be how it is. But Evan, thank you so much for being here, man. We can't wait to have you back too. We're going to have you back on the show in the future. We've got some great ideas. You've got some great ideas to talk about. So thank you so much. So everyone online, if you were, if you loved Evan's pitch and loved loved his his energy on this show, you're going to get a whole bunch more of it. And as always, Jordan, thank you so much, my friend. You're the best. And thank you, sir. Awesome. So yeah, folks, if you like, if you liked listening to Evan, listen to more of our podcast because Evan will come back as a guest sometime in the near future. And also check out the Now and Then podcast for all my uh, movie fans out there, you'll you'll enjoy. It's a really cool experience. It's a really different show. Really cool. It's very Thanks different, so and they do such a great job uh, talking about these these movies from our childhood that we kind of all sort of remember. It's a lovely podcast, and I've listened to a handful of episodes, and it's just a joy to go back. And it's the right type of nostalgia. It Thank is. You. It's it also it offers such important commentary on sort of what nostalgia is. The exploration element of that is probably the most fascinating part of that show, other than just getting to hear what fucking batshit movies we all watched as kids. Exactly. We, we, watched, we all watched some weird ones. Darcy and I, we just recorded one yesterday. And it was like, how does this exist? <laughs> it happens. They, yeah. they they certainly do. They certainly yeah. exist at these movies. And you gotta keep I guess I guess when we were younger they were just trying to do whatever they could to keep kids entertained for an hour and a half uh, we get a lot of garbage because of that but as always everyone out there listening thank you so much i want to thank evan and jordan for hopping on to, hopping on today so thank you sir so once again for evan donnellan and jordan hugh i'm mike staub and i hope you have a fantastic day and thank you for listening to yet another episode of how about this we cannot thank evan donnellan enough for joining us in our virtual studio today to talk about the amazing, the legendary Donkey Kong. Man, was that a lot of fun to listen back to, and I had a blast editing that one down. Evan had some great ideas, 
and Evan's an all-around great guy, so we're going to have him back in the future. If you're interested in listening to whatever else Evan is doing out there, please go out and check out the Now and Then podcast because it is amazing. It's a great show that he hosts with his sister, and they do some really great takes of some of our favorite movies from when we were kids. How you can support our show, you can always like and subscribe to this show on the podcatcher of your choosing and also please if you have a minute even if it's just a few words leave us a review because that makes us more visible out there on the internet among a sea of other podcasts about similar things so if you're a big fan of the how about this podcast please be sure to give us a like and a subscribe and also find us on social media you can now find us at instagram at how about this pod and on facebook at facebook.com slash how about this pod? So do that. Share it with your friends. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Give us some ideas of what you'd like to see us or listen to us cover in the future. Because this show is all about giving you what you want and talking about things that our fans out there like you are going to really enjoy. We'll see you again real soon. And for Jordan and Evan, I've been Mike Staub. Thank you so much and have an awesome day. Also, the Summer Slam's coming. So just, you know, be on the lookout. <laughs>